trivia again. Who's the first disciple of Jesus? Mary is the first disciple of Jesus. And Mary's life is like trail markers. Our Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and John are written about Jesus, but Mary shows up every so often in the stories. And we can see her spiritual progression as she walks with Jesus. And we can look at her and ask ourselves, well, am I following Jesus? And if so, where might I be on my journey? Do I have the life of a Jesus follower? Last week, we looked at Jesus chooses disciples and meets them at the core of their being. And today, we're seeing a disciple learns caution with the power of Jesus. Now, if I had a bit more time this morning, I thought about bringing out my torch. You might have seen the video on Facebook this year. I bought a propane torch to melt the ice on the steps sometimes, and it's it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons why I shot the video the first time I was using it is because I had never used anything like that before, and I wanted there to be some video documentation in case this thing blew up on me that I didn't try and kill myself and that my wife couldn't collect the insurance money. But I read the safety instructions, <laughs> and, and it worked great, but I had to take caution. I take caution when I use a knife. I take caution when I use fire. I take caution when I use a power tool. I had uh, somebody here that was doing uh, community service work, and we were patching the wall, and I had this saw. And I said, have you ever used a saw like this before? And he said, no. I said, you're smart. I said, you didn't pretend like you knew what you were doing when you didn't. I said, that's, that's how I know it. You're not going to cut off your finger because I'm not going to let you. I said, but if you just said, oh, yeah, I can do this, I said, we probably would have had a mess. So just because we take caution doesn't mean we don't, doesn't mean I don't use it. I took caution, but I still use the torch. It means I know what these things are capable of, both for good and for harm. You know, the word of God is compared to a two-edged sword. The Bible says our God purifies like fire. The Holy Spirit is power. And that word power is the word we get our word dynamite from. We better know what we're getting ourselves into, let alone inviting someone else into when we say, hey, you should get to know Jesus. We have to take caution. And that's what we see. Mary is cautioned. In Luke chapter 2, verses 28 through 35. Let's read that. It says, Simeon took him, that's he's taken Jesus, up in his arms, praised God and said, Now, Master, you, may, you can dismiss your slave in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed as what what was being said about him. First, we have good news about Jesus. Jesus delivers life. That's the good news. See, Simeon has met with Jesus at the core of his being. He's got Jesus in his arms. 
baby Jesus. Mary and Joseph have brought Jesus to the temple to be dedicated, and Simeon has taken Jesus, and he's got him, and he's meeting with Jesus. He's praising God, so we know it's good news. And Simeon says that he can die with his mind at peace. He can die with his mind at peace because he knows God keeps his promise. And he has seen salvation come. He sees salvation come for himself. And he's seen salvation come for all people in Jesus. For Gentiles and for Israel. And Mary and Joseph are amazed. And the word amazed, that's generally used when people see a power that they didn't expect in the Bible. When they see a healing, when the disciples see Jesus control nature, they're amazed. Even Pilate is amazed. When Jesus doesn't respond to his accusers, Pilate is amazed. Because Jesus has a self-control that he just didn't expect. It says Mary and Joseph are amazed. But they're not amazed about Simeon. They're amazed at the power of Jesus. Got a picture up here. That's my brother-in-law, Joshua, and brand new Junior. Joshua Junior. Now, he's going to be as spoiled as my first daughter is. My daughter was the first grandchild. This is the first boy. After girl, after girl, after girl. And after him is coming another girl. We already know. He is the boy. Everyone was kind of amazed. Finally a boy. I remember when uh, Jennifer was pregnant with our first daughter. Uh, a friend of mine that I was on music team with, Kevin, I don't recall ever saying anything to him, but I think he just he looked at how I recall it. He just kind of looked at me and sensed how I was feeling. Because at the time, I was feeling kind of old. And, you know, my wife's pregnant and we wanted to have a baby, but I was feeling kind of old. And Kevin just kind of says, you know, having, having a baby makes you young again. Now, he had his last son when he was older. He says, he says there's just something about it. You'll just be able to get down and play and all this stuff. He says, having a baby makes you young again. And it turned out he was right. I started feeling young again. I wasn't super old. Now, what he didn't tell me is when you have your second kid, you start feeling old again. (laughs) But children bring life. And as Simeon is holding this baby, he's not just saying, oh, I feel young again. He's, in fact, he's ready to die now. But he's saying this, this baby brings life. You know, our, our message here is that Jesus saves. It's been on bumper stickers for as long as there's been Christian bumper stickers. And it's true. That's what, Je- that's what Simeon is saying here. That's our message today. Jesus saves. And like Simeon, we have to tell people. And like Simeon, we have to show people how God is saving us. 
See, I just can't picture Simeon sitting there as a bitter old man going, yeah, this is, this is the Messiah. <laughs> that just doesn't work. See, Jesus has to save me before I have any credibility to invite others to meet Jesus in the core of their being. With the life-giving power, that's the person of Jesus. It's good news. Jesus saves. And a Jesus follower knows the effect of Jesus, that Jesus delivers life. But then... Simeon goes on with this unusual baby dedication. Verses 34 and 35. It says, Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So we've got the good news. Now we have the controversial news. Jesus delivers life, and Jesus disrupts life. Jesus disrupts life. Now, Simeon, next, he's going to bless the family and specifically Mary, the first disciple of Jesus, but this is about the strangest blessing you will ever hear. It's not one that I think anyone would ever ask for in their wedding, their ordination, their home dedication, or especially their baby dedication. He says, Jesus will cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. He says, Jesus is going to disrupt the power structure. And we know Jesus did this. Jesus faced the religious leaders. Jesus didn't kowtow to the rich. Jesus made his disciples from the common class of people. Jesus included women as his disciples. Jesus hung out with the poor, the sick, the outcasts, sinners, children, and he raised them all to life. Now, so far, that's pretty good on the baby dedication. But then he says Jesus will also be a sign to be opposed. See, despite all the good that Jesus did, Jesus also had enemies that didn't like what he did, even though everything he did was good. And they didn't like what he said, even though everything he said was true. And Jesus, his enemies would do anything to stop him, including kill him. And as we read in our scriptures this morning, Satan himself would tempt and try and stop Jesus. How would you like that to be your blessing? You're going to have enemies. They're going to oppose you. They're going to try and kill you. And Satan is going to try and get you. That's not the blessing that most people are looking for. And how different is this? Remember, Simeon said of himself as he held baby Jesus, my mind is now at peace. But what does he say to Mary? A sword is going to pierce your soul. Jesus has given me peace. But that word there for soul, we're going to do a little bit of Greek this morning. It's psyche. He says, my mind is at peace. Jesus is going to disrupt your mental state. 
in a very painful way. And Simeon's not just referring to the cross. Some of our future sermon titles that we're going to see are that Mary is chaste, Mary is confused, Mary is challenged, Mary is criticized. Jesus is going to affect her mental state in a painful way. That the hearts of many may be revealed. And this takes us back to last week, Jesus meeting with people. Thoughts. Dialogmos. Dialogue. Conversation. Hearts. That's actually a heart. Cardia. The actual heart. Saying at the core of, of a being. And revealed is apocalypto. Revelation. Simeon saying that the, this disruption is that it has to be made known to the world that Jesus is meeting with people. He's having a dialogue with them at the core of their being. He says, that's why your mental state is going to get messed up, because Jesus wants to dialogue with people. It's an aerial view of our city, North Hadley and 36. There's a disruption that has started to happen. For a long time, that's been an intersection of a main street and a highway with just a traffic light. And it's a mess. And so they started construction to make all kinds of clover leaves and bypasses. And, and when it's all done, it's supposed to be going to be pretty good. Um, but in order to get to there, that's going to be a disruption for at least a year. If I want to go from Stillwater down 36 to Roseville, I've got to go through that mess or go around. If I'm trying to get to Fleet Farm or the movies, I've got to go through that mess. The disruption is happening. The question is not, is the disruption happening? It's, how am I going to respond to it? Because if Jesus is a life disruptor, well, why would I want to meet with him? It's because the disruption is already happening. Not only from Jesus, but from all other types of influences in the world. My spouse is a life disruptor, and I'm a life disruptor to her. Parents are a life disruptor. Children are a life disruptor. Work is a life disruptor. Health is a life disruptor. That person driving while talking on their cell phone is a life disruptor. The snow is a life disruptor. My social security is a life disruptor. My housing, the government, entertainment, my temptations, our culture, my cell phone and all the social media alerts that pop up. Life disruptors. Bad luck. My friends, my enemies, and the devil, just like Jesus. 
all those things are life disruptors. At least the disruption of Jesus also comes with the deliverance of life. A Jesus follower knows the effect of Jesus. Jesus delivers and disrupts life. Now about three plus years ago, my doctor disrupted my life. It was the first time in my life that I actually had a urologist. Jennifer and I were trying to get pregnant, and so we're doing all this stuff, and so got to have a urologist and check out all my guy stuff. And so he got me on these vitamins and had to change my lifestyle and, I mean, everything from the clothes I wear to how I shower. And had to start exercising. And, of course, I went in there, and he also said, you know, you're about that age where we got to start checking you PSA. But don't worry, it's just a blood test. Well, there's power in the blood. And so while he's checking me out to make sure I can, we can have a baby, he's also checking out to see if I have man cancer. And he severely disrupted my life again. And he saved my life. If I can take that from a doctor, I can sure take it from Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, there are so many distractions and things that want to take us here, there, and disrupt our lives. There's so many things that want to sap the life out of us. But you call us to life, and it's a a life worth living. It's a life of forgiveness, a life of freedom, a life with purpose, and a life with challenges a life with power to meet those challenges. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we have our own personal things we struggle with in our lives, people that we have to deal with, situations that are sometimes feel beyond our control. We pray for your strength and, and faith in you and will to go where you want us to go. And as a people, as we struggle with the life of this church and the weather we have to deal with, we know all those things are in your hands. Let's just slow down and focus on the one, one person that is important, you and the one person you want us to reach so that you can meet with them just as you met with Simeon, just as you met with Joseph, just as you met with Mary. And we ask this in your name. Amen.